It's time for Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair in West Reading. Got a question about your vehicle? Give us a call at 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. So let's get started with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Here's Tom and Ashley. Hello, good morning, and thank you and welcome. Good morning. Good morning, evening. I don't wow. even know what time, of the, know what time of the day it is. Well, thank you for joining us anyway. <laughs> it is the evening. It is dark out. It is 6.01 exactly. And, uh, That's because you think it's morning because you just went for a run. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, it's morning. Yay. No, it's not nighttime. Anyway, so uh, we're here with uh, Tom and Ashley at Idle Talk. Yep. On uh, 8.30 a.m. WEU and... 11.60 WBYN. Yep, I'll get that eventually. And uh, so we're here to uh, talk about check engine lights and dash lights and all the things, all the lights that go on on your dash that really make people mad. You know, a light comes on, you're like, oh, what's that? You don't even know what it is. Yeah, there's a lot of new lights. There's a like, lot of lights. A lot of lights. And a lot of the time, man- dealer or manufacturers have different... Um, different uh, symbols for the same thing. Exactly. So some dealers have like a like an engine light or like a little oil can with like a little drip coming out of it, and you don't know if that's um, low oil or or sometimes uh, sometimes they they use the oil can with a drip with an exclamation mark for service when oh. it's time for an oil change. Yeah. See, I mean, the, you yeah. really don't know. Yeah, some of them, and you would think an oil can with a drip would be like uh, low oil or low pressure oil, or yeah, or low pressure or something like that. But some of them, it's it means it's time for an oil change. Yeah. So we are taking your calls. We're live tonight, six ten three seven four eight eight zero zero, eight hundred number eight 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 four zero one zero four five nine. You can call and talk about anything car related. Um, just give us a call. We're here, um, and uh, we're going to be talking about. We're going to well, we tried to talk about check engine lights and um, dash lights last week, but we got a lot of calls about oil changes, which is great because we always want to talk about oil changes yeah. and how important they are. Absolutely. Excuse me. We're still kind of getting over our colds here, so we're clearing our throats kind of covertly here. But, um, yeah, give us a call, and we'll talk about um, anything you'd like to talk about. But today yeah. we're really going to focus on the check engine light and what it means, why it's there, why why it's why it's important. So, um, but um, a lot of people, a lot of the times people will really just want to ignore the check engine light because... It can be it can be a lot of things, you yeah, know. It could, yeah, it could be a lot of different stuff nowadays. Like, you know, years ago when they first came out, it was just like very basic things that it would go on for. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was an engine misfire, like there was something wrong with the ignition system, or there was something wrong with the fuel system, it would turn it on, and a couple other, couple other sensors here and there. Okay, but nowadays. Um, Codes are getting very specific on what they can do. You know, the the computer technology has come a long way. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very and much so. I mean, it, how many computers are in a car right now? A lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be. I always say people will say, well, "What what what's the check engine light, and how much does it cost to fix it?" Well, a check engine light is anything from I call stem to stern. It could be anything from the front all the way to the back of the yeah. motor. 
Yeah, it, well, or, back of the car. Car, back yeah. Of the car. Not we've, just the motor. We've had some some of these cars have um, like vacuum actuators in the muffler, where it uses engine vacuum to move stuff inside the muffler to change the tone or add performance oh, to the okay. engine. So, okay. So if that breaks, that can actually cause a check engine light. Yeah, so and it then- could be something in the exhaust. And the, the repair for that would just be to replace the. Well, depends what's wrong with it. Yeah. Okay. You, you don't know if the if the vacuum hose going to the back is broken. Mm-hmm. Usually, there's a solenoid that controls that the vacuum that can go to the back of that. Okay. So that could be bad. The wiring to that solenoid could be bad. Mm-hmm. Or you could have a broken hose for the yeah. vacuum. Yeah. You don't you don't really know. Yeah. So that's a, that's the crazy part, you know, it can be anywhere stem like you said stem to stern. Stem to stern, yeah. So so um but a lot of let's talk a little bit about code readers. Code readers? Yeah. Code readers? Not not you as the oh. person code oh. reader, but the thing that you plug in. Super secret. This is, <laughs> don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. That's right. uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's wrong wrong season yep, for that. Yep. We're um, past Christmas. Yeah, we're uh, way past Christmas. That's a, that's a uh, Christmas story Christmas reference. Story. Don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. Sorry. Anyway, I get to yeah. But uh, anyway, code readers, the plug-in ones that you get for um, that you can get. Yeah, you can get them at like your auto parts store. They sell them. They sell them all over the place now. Yeah. Um, that just. A lot of different places, but a lot of those code readers will give you what they call the standard OBD2 codes, Mm -hmm. which are the government-mandated codes that they have to give you. A lot of them won't do, like, manufacturer-specific codes, though. Oh, okay. There's some some codes you'll get from a car that will turn a check engine light on that will be manufacturer-specific. Usually, they'll be... um, You'll get there's there's different types of codes too. There's, okay. There's uh, P codes, which the they begin with a P, which mm-hmm. are your standard ones. The P stands for powertrain, okay. um, and usually they're a four digit code. Now with some of these newer computers, they added another four digits onto the back of them to kind of pinpoint stuff a little bit better. Okay. But these readers that you get from the auto parts store mm-hmm. or on the online or wherever you happen to get them, the, the $50 ones, mm-hmm. they usually don't have the rest. They won't have the complete code like some of the fancier scan tools like we, the professional scan tools. Right. Yeah. So I liken, I um, liken the, um, those plug in really kind of not really get you the right information or get you a very it'll get you close. It'll get you close. Like it's kind of like the uh, the zip code. Yeah. You know, if you look at zip code, it's going to get you get you close. Well, but if, what we if have somebody said, "Hey, do you think you can find my house?" And you say, "Well, I'd need to know your address." Right. Well, this would be this that that scanner is like somebody giving you the zip code right to the, where they live and telling you to find your house. Right. So there's more to it. Now, some of the codes, yes, when they throw a, a the check engine light comes on for those codes, you can pretty much guarantee that that is the problem. But there's a lot of them other out there that don't have the exact mm-hmm. problem. Yeah, you're looking at a code that is a symptom of the actual problem, not just not the not so, the actual problem. Yeah, so the code that's coming up isn't the actual problem. 
but the symptom of the problem. So I have an article here um, that I found on, uh, actually it was on Edmunds.com, and it was interesting because um, it, they say, you know, don't don't ignore the, the check engine light. Um, you mean I can't put tape over you it? You can't put the black tape, piece of black tape over and pretend that it's not there, or take the bulb out for that matter. Oh. Um, really? <laughs> no, please, please don't do that. But... Um, I'm just trying to find the the spot here in in the, that he talked about. You know, it had a certain code. He used the plug-in reader. Yeah, had certain code, but they said, well, it was the oxygen sensor. Well, was it the oxygen sensor or was it something that was related to the oxygen sensor? So you go mm-hmm. say, okay, it's the O2 sensor. Well, which one? Number one. You know, mm-hmm. which code, because yep. there could be multiple ones. Yep. So you're just going to start throwing oxygen sensors at. At yep. the car, hoping yep. that's going to fix it. One of them's going to fix it, right? And then you know, if you do that, and then it doesn't fix it, then what? You know, like, so do you take it to someone to a professional like us and have them do the research? And unfortunately, there's always a diagnostic charge yeah. for that, and that's what a lot of people just want to try to avoid is paying the diagnostic charge. But really, when it comes down to it, if you're going to put three, um, three oxygen sensors in, thinking that you're going to get turn the light off well, versus and and sometimes sometimes it's it's not just that either you know that um like oh geez i lost my train of thought <laughs> choo choo it's gone <laughs> choo choo it's gone <laughs> oh, oh now i'm wrecking the place <laughs> gone <laughs> and now <laughs> It's gone. And <laughs> next topic. <Hey. laughs> anyway, so we're talking check engine lights, Tommy. You completely yep, derailed yep, me, too. I did. <laughs> I, I completely derailed you. But, hey. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, you know, in that case, maybe we just need to take a break and come we back and We probably should just take a break if Tyler's ready to press yeah. the buttons. We'll take and, a break. And we're going to come. Oh, he must have got that rim you shot. You got a rim shot for Nice. Nice. We have a call coming yep. in. We'll take that when we come back from, yep. our, from our break. We'll yep. be right back. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And welcome back to Idle Talk here on 830 AM WEEU. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tom. <laughs> and we're going to go to Randy in Reading and see what Randy has to tell us tonight. Hey, Randy. Oh, oh hello. Oh. Sorry. Sorry about that. D- go. I'm sorry, Randy. Go ahead. I'm asking, is it Tashley or Mashley? <laughs> <laughs> it's A.S. <laughs> I'm referring to the Tom and Ashley show. Oh, oh yes. Oh, to smash the yes, two to words smash together, the two together. The, the, yes. like the celebrities do. Yes. And uh, I'm just curious, uh, did you derail? Were you, uh, you running a steam engine or diesel? Well, it's usually diesel. Diesel. Yeah, see, I'm thinking the steam engine is a lot more spectacular. Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. It does oh, make yeah. a when lot they, more. When they go, they go. Yeah. They're cool. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you have a cornfield meet in the middle of a, of a blizzard, you know, it kind of clears the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Blows everything right away. Yep. I did. You were talking about with the throwing codes, two short stories. I, I told you before, I have a check engine and it mm-hmm. jumped up 
there's been several different things. The one most consistent is the knock sensor. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother is uh, many years a mechanic. I don't want to tell you how many tens of thousands of dollars of tools. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I know. Including the, uh, you know, one of the expensive readers with all the modules for everything mm-hmm. up to, I think he, he, he finally quit the field in 2000. Mm. Because uh, basically the dealerships all wanted, uh, they wanted salesmen, they didn't want mechanics. Mm-hmm. Right. And he plugged it into, into the port and he couldn't get much in the way of reading. It, it just, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And I commented about, well, there's this tiny little one next to it. Yeah. So he, he gives me an adapter, we plug it in, and he gets uh, probably 200 pages of tests. No, no, Not results, just tests mm-hmm. he could run through the small port, not the big port. Mm-hmm. And it just floored me that what's the point of the big one? Well, for years, Nissan used two ports. Um, the one was the port that had access to all their computers, and the regular OBD2 port, like you would get like a regular code reader for, would only read the the codes that were uh, that the man that were required by the government for them to read. So, like, you would only get the powertrain codes right. from, and, and, from and, it. You know, and and I understood that. It's just it floored me that we we go from without looking at it from. The difference between a six and a twenty-one pin, and the twenty-one pin has virtually no information. The six mm-hmm. pin has everything. Yeah, and it, it all has to do with the networks and stuff that all those computers are on. And but the, the other the story, I drove a, a leased truck, and every so often it would throw the, the check engine light, mm-hmm. and I would take it in and report it. And after about the sixth time, I said, "Why the hell don't you fix it?" Mm-hmm. Their answer was, because there's nothing wrong. <laughs> I said, well, wait, wait a second. It keeps telling me there's a problem. They said, it's part of the wiring harness. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, you know, you know yourself, they, they make a harness for everything, mm-hmm. but depending on what you put into it depends on uh, what is there. Mm-hmm. There was no computer. But the engine kept sensing there was a problem, so it would throw the code light, and they would just turn it off, but it would come back on. Because, oh. But there was nothing they could do about it. So it, I had put tape over it. There really was nothing there. It thought uh, the, the, fact, the computer that was in it thought that there was another computer there, but there really wasn't. Like something it, like that. Yeah. They, they said there was no computer. <laughs> so they, it, it could not read what was not there, but apparently right. there was just enough. And, and you know yourself, we're talking about millivolts difference. Mm-hmm. There was enough of a drop in the wiring harness that it would pick this up and say, oh, there's a problem. Yeah, I, I just wonder, have they addressed that in the new ones? Well. Because they're still making wiring harnesses for mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Stuff disconnected. So... A lot of the stuff now um, with the new networks coming out, um, they're they're actually at every module they put a, a termination resistor, and um, they, every resistor has a different resistance, mm-hmm. and they can tell what computers on the network and what's not. So, and you can now tell a lot of the computers what is actually the vehicle was built with. So, like, 
the truck you were driving, you probably they probably couldn't program the other computers on that network to tell it that there wasn't one there. Honestly, the way he described it, there was no computer. Well, yeah. How long ago was that? What year was that, Randy? Ooh, it was probably in 85. Oh, okay. So it was the very beginning of this yeah. kind of technology. Yeah. Yeah, and that would make a lot of sense that it was that long ago. Yeah. But you were saying about the termination resistor, and I'm thinking, geez, something else that can go wrong. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. after, after last week's show, I actually left and went to a class. Um, on charging systems. Oh, yeah, I thought you went to a cooking class. No, no, no. <laughs> that would have been better. I would have ate. Well, yeah, and he would cook more. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't do that at all. No. Well, that, that's because you're using the wrong heating source. You have to do like the traveling salesman. You use different the... temperatures in the engine, and you cook mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you wrap up the potato. <laughs> yep. You put it, okay, yeah. Yep. I yep. get it. Yep. <laughs> you never heard about that. I do know oh, what yeah. you're talking about, yeah. I, I saw a program on that years ago, and the guy was, and he showed, uh, he had different parts of the engine, different foods, yeah. and he would wrap them in different ways. That's and he funny. knew how long he had to drive, yeah. and he would pull over into a picnic area, and he would have himself a full three-course <laughs> hot meal. That's uh, a way to do it. I mean, now is there's. You're from the area. I, I love when you tell somebody what's one of your places, Wawa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Wawa. Yeah. What's, What's a Wawa? Exactly. What's a Wawa? Yeah. Now you have the, they're, they're so prevalent uh, and they're open 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in the middle of Nebraska, in the, you know, <laughs> in a, 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 one of those big uh, stretches of of cornfields, there's no reason that you can't find hot food. No. no. But no. I, I just thought that was an ingenious thing, that, you know, because most of us we've heard of brown bag. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that is really a neat way of using both the heat of your engine and time. Mm-hmm. You're driving 60 or 100 miles from client to client, yeah. and cooking your meal while you drive. Mm-hmm. The original multitasking. That's right. So you were you were in anyway. So you learning. Went, went to a class about charging oh. systems. Oh, he, oh, he oh. forgot. <laughs> He's looking at me like, oh, yeah, I was. We, we, we derailed him again. Yeah, completely I derailed, derailed again. It's not hard to do. No, it is not. We, we went back to the DeWitt Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. So I went I went to a class, and they were actually talking about um, some of these new alternators now actually have computers on the back of them. <laughs> they actually have the alternator on the computer network now, but not the main computer network. They have their own separate computer network with a couple other items, and it's a it's a low speed uh, network, and low speed is still running in milliseconds. But they're like, so they were talking about this, and we we were saying about you know getting into actually looking at and testing this stuff and it it adds a whole nother realm to these these new cars coming out is this of, like 19s and 20s no or... they've been using it for a okay. couple like three four years now. okay so we haven't seen so, any yet yeah. but we will but probably you, coming up soon you're going to start seeing them having it, issues yeah, you know, they're getting that to that age yeah so but they were talking about this and the the guy teaching the class said you know, if something else on on this network has a problem, it can actually cause the alternator not to charge. Mm-hmm. If it, just like you were saying with that mm-hmm. 85 truck, if 
you know, it doesn't see it there because something's happening in the wiring harness. Mm -hmm. So now you can have all these kind of weird issues that we've never had or seen before because of all this stuff going online for computers. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing behind this and why they're doing it is they only have to run one or they'll only have two wires running to the alternator then. One with the computer line and one with the high the twelve volts coming off to charge a battery, so they'll save uh, two wires going <laughs> to the alternator. So that's yeah. what it's about. They do all the technology development to save two wires. Yes, they, and, and it's the, amazing. The thing I just keep thinking back is uh, in the old days when your regulator was on the firewall. Mm-hmm. You had a very simple way. You did not have to have fancy equipment. To test to see what was wrong and replace the right component. Exactly. Now that stupid little regulator fries, and you got to replace the whole alternator. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't even imagine what some of these alternators run. Mm. I, 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 I get up there because uh, everyone loves technology. It seems I shouldn't mm-hmm. say that because I do not like absolutes. Yeah. The the noises that most people love technology. Mm until it fails well yeah and that's that's Mm -hmm. kind of the advantage to leasing a car and never having to purchase never purchasing the vehicle because every time you're going to you're always going to be under warranty so that is kind of an advantage to people who like to um lease versus purchase not not very comforting when that technology fails when you're in downtown harlem or you're (laughs) 60 miles away from any service oh yeah for help and well, we'll be there in two days. Yeah, <laughs> that's not very comforting at all. That, that's not a joke. There, there, I was listening to a program, and the guy was saying that uh, he was a a cop for one of the states that is very spread out. Mm-hmm. And he said that he and another cop covered something like 250 square miles. Oh my gosh! Wow. And that's a even, lot. Yeah. Yes, an emergency call was hours. <laughs> For them to to be able to get there, and that's in good weather. Yeah, we forget how fortunate we are with that kind of stuff. That we have, you know, that we're population. We have a population density that we have, you know, police coverage like that. So, uh, Randy, we have to take a break. Thank you so much for the call. We always appreciate your input. And I hope you get re-railed again. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try. We're gonna give it a try. I'm try and get back on the tracks. Here. All right. Thanks, Randy. Bye. Bye. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thank you for joining us. Ashley and Tom, Idle Talk on for 8.30 a.m., King's Auto Repair. <laughs> I'll get it right someday. I'm not. I'm back on track again. I'm good. <laughs> you think you're back on yeah, track. that's right. Until a ping yep. derailed. Anyway, so we're talking about check engine yeah, lights. like a dog, you know, all focused on something, and you see the squirrel run. <laughs> squirrel! Yeah. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Yours truly. So. Anyway. Anyway. So I was going to mention, I, I remember where I was before I got <laughs> I went off the tracks. Um, I was going to mention, you know, with the codes and that, um, sometimes, like this time of year, one thing you really have to check for is for damage to um, wiring harnesses. Yeah. Because at this time of year, when you park your car and uh, the little critters, the mice, the the rats, rats. the squirrels, um, Anything it's a little early right now for, for a groundhog. Yeah. But they do it too. Yeah. Oh, they, yes, they, they, they will, do. They will climb into your car. 
The engine compartment. Like, un- un- like underneath. Yep, yeah. underneath, and look for some place warm. And as they're going to usually the warm place inside the car, they will chew the wiring harnesses on the way there. But why do they actually chew the wires? Like I, I think some of the stuff has like some type of of um, something in it they like because they they'll a lot of times they'll leave the insulation alone, but oh. the wiring they'll they'll chew the wiring up. Like certain, this is the weirdest certain, thing. Yeah, certain certain types of insulation mm-hmm. they will chew up and make their house out of. Right. But like the wiring, they don't use in their house. Like I wonder their if little they nest. they chew on that be, to get their to wear down their teeth or something like that. That could be. Yeah. But um, Honda actually makes this special mint tape to wrap around wiring harnesses that get chewed all the time. I because certain did not ve- know that certain vehicles. Uh, are more prone to animals chewing them because yeah. they're warmer, or they smell in, different, or yeah. I, some sometimes there's you see it. We see it in the shop too. There's yeah. certain vehicles you never see anything in, right? And then there's other vehicles that you see it in all the time. Now I'm gonna say right now, if anybody mm-hmm. knows why that is in terms of like if they're um. <laughs> Uh, it has to be something I can't chemically think, to attract them. Yeah, I can't think of the name of uh, someone who studies um, uh, animals like that. Yeah, for a living, like Man, small animals. I don't, know. I don't know. Call us and let us know um, because we because we, we do see that a lot. Like uh, some mm-hmm. like the, sometimes the bigger vehicles, but not always that. I mean, we'll see small vehicles that'll have mm-hmm. like a mouse house in them and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Exactly. You'll get a little little mouse house built in there, and they'll chew up the wires and. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it it really goes bad if it shorts a couple for the computer together. Oh, so yeah. We've had that where it, it fried computers, and we've had other times that you're absolutely lucky and nothing has happened. Yeah, but you know something like mm-hmm. there there's a short somewhere, and like oh, found you know yep. frayed wire from um, rodent damage or anything yeah. like that, and you know they just they just find the the warmest spot i mean so mm-hmm. this time yeah. of year they're going to start coming into the house so you start setting traps you know you make yep. sure you got to keep make sure the garage door stays closed and that kind of thing because i mean they'll not only will they find the the wiring but they'll mm-hmm. also find like to find the cabin air filter and the engine air filter because yes. it's warm there also yep. the warm, so yeah they they go into like the cabin air filter area mm-hmm. because uh, the uh, heater core in there keeps everything you know, nice and warm. Nice and so, warm for a longer period yeah, of time. And they can hide in there out of the wind and, yeah. and it's warm. So they build a house in there. So we were talking before we came back about we had a customer come in and, and his his daughter was driving the car and his daughter's like, Dad, my car smells like 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 really gross in my car. And he's like, What are you talking about? So he gets in and he's like, Oh, it really does smell. It smells terrible. So he brings it in and he's like this car smells terrible. He, he goes, I didn't believe I didn't believe my daughter. And I got in the car. <laughs> we went in and oh. took mm. took the cabin air filter out, and mm. there was a dead mouse mm. because it, that's what Mm-mm. made it smell like death. Mm-hmm. Dead mouse and a little mouse house, and you know who who knows what made him. What? Out come the rubber gloves <laughs> and the sanitizing the solution, and yeah, yeah. But there, but that that mouse house went. All the way down. Oh yeah, I remember. I helped pull that out. 
And we got out as much as we possibly could, but sometimes you have to take it to like a detailer because they'll have those. They have a thing that they can put in a car that actually will get the smell out. Yeah, and yeah. and they have like the tools and stuff where they can reach down and get all the insulation out of that um, oh. ducting. Yeah. I mean, because we we tried, but we get a lot of it out. Yeah, but he did take it to a place and they did like an os- osmosis, like yeah. an os- uh, ozone a, treatment. A, yeah, an ozone treatment. Yeah. to really get the last of the smell out. Yeah. So we have a call coming in. Charles in Reading has a question about check engine light. Charles. Yes. Hi. Hi. Uh, I have a, the check engine light come on. It's sporadic, you know. Okay. Very random. I've noticed it more so when it's humid out. It's claiming that it's the mass airflow sensor. Okay. It's a. Two thousand four E three fifty Ford. Oh van, a big van. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have a body on it or anything, or is it just the van? The oh no, it's extended. Okay. Mass airflow sensor. Yeah, I usually what we see with them is if you if you end up getting. like it does it do it more in a rainstorm or something like that right or when it's really mm-hmm. humid i'll clear it out yeah. and it won't show up and then once it's humid out it'll it'll pop come up. back so mm-hmm. so the air intake on those they have that little snorkel that goes in the grill there right a lot of times in like heavier rains what'll happen is that'll actually suck the water in and make the air filter wet and give you those kinds of codes so how do you and it can happen when it's really humid out too. How do you avoid that happening? Well, then? a lot of times, like a restriction. Yeah, so a lot of times, um, what we would find when I worked at the dealer on them was if you put a bigger shield down in front of it, that it would kind of block the. It wouldn't like block the air from coming in, but it would block the water from coming through the grill and going up into like it that would, area. Like a deflection, yeah. deflection. Yeah, it would kind of deflect the water away and help keep keep the water away from that mass airflow sensor. Right. Makes so, sense. So yeah. the, I figured the sensor wasn't is, anything wrong with it. So the sensor really isn't going bad. It just, when it gets yeah. wet, it doesn't like it. Yeah, and it probably it probably got wet along the way, and now when it gets really humid out, it makes it act up. I right. would I would probably put a if you haven't already put a new sensor in it, put something to shield the the water from being sucked into up into the air filter and getting the air filter wet, and that should probably fix that. Okay, because the first time it tripped off and I found out what it was and it was, what it was claiming to be, I hit it with some mass airflow sensor cleaner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was spotless. I mean, it looks brand new and everything. Mm-hmm. And then cleared it out, and then it's good for you know quite some time. And then I started noticing, and then thereafter, after I cleared it out, I noticed every time it would kick on the humidity in the air mm-hmm. and the rain. So, does, does it go off by itself, or you just reset it? Oh no, I reset it. Okay. I give it a lobotomy. <laughs> yeah. Just a partial. <laughs> it's good for Fords. It's <laughs> all computer vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm with the other guy uh, where you had the regulator on the wall, you know, yeah. simple, you know, and you adjusted things the way you wanted. The computer, when something else went wrong, it didn't try to compensate and make it mm-hmm. worse. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. Um, I'm all for the older ones. Plus, <laughs> you could get in there and work on them. Yeah. But and there's more... There's more room in the engine compartment, too, so. And yeah, you have to be a contortionist just to see <laughs> spark plugs in this thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tommy's done many oh, of them. Yeah. done many. Yeah. I got to take the doghouse off, a swivel, you know, mm-hmm. extension. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, yeah, they're not fun at all. No. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. thanks for your help. Hey, yeah. no problem. Right. Good luck. You, Charles. All right. All right. We're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be back after these messages. We're going to talk to Tom in Reading about rotors. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And welcome back to Idle Talk. I'm Tom. I'm Ashley. And we are Idle Talk here on 830 AM WEU. (laughs) And 1160 WBYN, Height and Jim Thorpe. You're the best. God, do you remember all that? <laughs> just to, um, just while we're talking about that stuff, um, the podcast we can oh, yeah. you can find us. Um, all of our uh, radio shows are recorded and then put out on podcast. Mm-hmm. So if anyone does that kind of stuff, that kind of fancy stuff, we're on Podbean and we're on Apple Apple, Apple Podcast Apple Podcast. So yeah. just search for. Um, uh, Idle Talk with Ashley mm-hmm. and Tom, or Tom and Ashley, and um, just follow yep. us, and we'll put up every, anything that everything that we do um, on the radio. Yeah, I'm a little behind. That's okay. I, I'm like two weeks behind. I'm gonna tell. Um, him, yeah, uh, I'm do my dad joke. Dad joke. We got a little butcher. He backed into a song. Uh, got a little behind in his work. <gasps> but I'm bump. Okay. <laughs> and some bad jokes. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> Okay, let's, so uh, let's go to Tom, Tom. and Redding. Um, has a question about some uh, brake rotors. Are you there? Yes, hi we Tom. Are. Yes, thanks for taking uh, my call. My uh, question is: Is it always necessary to replace the rotors when they're rusty? I think mm-hmm. sometimes there's some people in, in garages and dealerships that just want to make some money on this because doesn't the rust wear off if you if you use them? What what's your take on this? Well, actually, they don't rust like you would think normal rust. They actually do this thing called delamination, where it actually rusts underneath the face. And um, and this comes from our recycled steel now that you see all, the, all, all over the place. Um, so what will actually happen is it will rust underneath the face of that rotor. So even if you try to resurface it by cutting it, it will just bring up these little rust holes underneath because the the rotor wasn't really made correctly. Um, it's kind of hard to get away from it anymore mm-hmm. um, unless you buy some really, really high-end rotors that were made from uh, virgin steel would be about the only way you can get rid of this. Well, I have two cars, and I... I don't, I don't do a lot of driving, but I do driving, you know, regularly throughout the city, some distance mm-hmm. driving, and they're going to get rusty. And if you drive, the rust is going to come off. Well, the, well there's a surface rust that you're referring to. Well, so, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So that's so yes, that is that is a true statement. But over time, the rust will um, permeate the rotors and be, and go kind of underneath, it, if you it will. Actually- yeah, so it actually like comes from underneath the face, like where the brake pad pushes on. 
that's where it's rusting. It's not so much like the outside edges of it that where the issue is. It's where the actual pad pushes on. And what you'll see is like little dots starting, and that's actually rust coming from underneath. And as they get older, what will happen is the whole face will just start to rust on it. The brake pad won't clean the rust off. Like if you had, like, the rust that you would be talking about would be the rust that happens after, like, a rainstorm. Uh, yeah, it's, right. it sits yeah. for a minute or two or yeah. for a day or two. Yeah. yeah, for, like, a day or two, and then it rains and then it dries, and you see that that rust yeah, on the rotor. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Right. So, but when yeah. I, after I brake for a certain period of time, then it seems to come off. So right. How yes, do I know that, will. That, it, that it's what you're saying uh, behind the scenes? I mean, yeah. how, how do I know that? So, usually, like, what we do at our shop is usually we take a picture of it mm-hmm. to try and show people what it actually looks like. But you can also feel it in the pedal, too. Yeah. F- yeah, a lot of times you can feel it in a brake pedal. You were having issues with your your truck. Yes, my truck the other, the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a really bad brake vibration, and I, I pulled it in the shop, and I had uh, Danny, our one mechanic, take a look at it i said i think it needs rotors in the back you know could you take a look at it so and he actually went and pulled it off and pulled the rotor off and it was what was happening on my truck um the rotors were rusting underneath the face and there's a i put those on three years ago well how do you can you you say you can feel something you'll get you'll get like a yeah you'll get like a pulsation in the brake pedal or you'll feel so what was happening with Tom, the rotor that Tom was referring to, it lo- almost looked like a, like a V um, of rust that was coming from the outside lip of the rotor down the surface mm-hmm. of the, the, where the brake pad touches. So <clears throat> you know how like when, you, when you're driving, when you start out and you're, the, the rotors have surface rust on them, you can hear, them, you hear the rust kind of <clears throat> when you touch the brake for the first time, right? Right. All right. But I don't hear anything or they, it doesn't, I don't notice anything. You don't, probably don't notice it. That's okay. But um, with this, with the way that rust was kind of veeing into um, the rotor, you would feel it or you would hear that as you would break, um, resting, the, the pad resting yeah. against that or hitting that it's, V shape. Yeah. It's, high, it's hard to describe yeah. on the radio yeah. without actually <laughs> <Yeah>. seeing it. <laughs> Or having, if, like, hearing like the noise, or but that if you'd kind of like, thing. if you'd like to see what one looks like, you can shop, stop by the shop, and we can show you. Definitely, it's, yeah, it's very I mean, common. It seems, it seems like it's more complicated than I'm than I'm than I'm thinking. You're you're explaining this. Yeah, I never had an explanation, but I found it yeah. odd that uh, I'm not going to mention a name, but one dealership I uh, have inspection once a year, and he said you need uh, new rotors, and I just had them for a year, and he said they're rusty. And I, that raised my suspicions. That I don't know. Why would I need a rotor, a new rotor, one, and then a year later I would need need the same rotor replaced? Is that that is is that normal? Not usually in a year's time. Right. Um, it, I mean, we it could have, be defective. We, yeah, it couldn't. It can be defective in a year's time. Um, we've actually had a guy who um, had a Nissan pickup truck that we did brakes on. And it was a little over two years, and they had rusted up really bad. Now, and, getting a, I understand also yeah. that there's different quality brake pads. Mm-hmm. Right. 
the pads. That, that doesn't have any effect on, on what you're t- saying. Mm, if you get a better, usually get not. a better brake pad. No. Usually not the brake pad. Um, well, what do you do? What do you do with your with your regular customers if they if they need brake pads? Uh, how many different grades of brake? I know they're more expensive. Well, I guess. How do you decide what to on, put on? On ours. Mm-hmm. We, uh, our customers. We, oh yeah. On our on our customers' cars, we only use uh, ceramic brake pads. So we all, we only use ceramic brake pads, and we only use the coated painted rotors to cut down on the rust on the outside, because a lot of these new wheels you can see all the stuff you can see all the pads and rotors and everything there. But do most people use what most dealers would use what you use, or don't can't you um, speak to that? I'm, no, I don't know. I, d- I don't know. I would imagine most of them would use, like, if you're going to a Nissan dealer, I would imagine they would use Nissan parts. Right. Um, I would imagine a Ford dealer would use Ford parts. I don't, I honestly don't know what they now, use. Now, would they have to be, what they, they say, true them down? Is that done every time you replace the brake pads? Until you only can do that twice, and then you'd need the new, and then you would need a new rotor, correct? Yeah. So that would be what we, call machining yeah uh, truing them or machining um a lot of times when you machine them like that you have to there's actual thickness measurements that you have to take and they have a discard thickness because what that rotor is actually doing is you're turning that motion of moving down the road into heat in that rotor and that rotor's dissipating it so if it gets too thin it will actually cause it to distort or warp Right. which will cause that weird brake pedal feeling also that we were talking about with the rust on it. Well, that, with every other change, every other change of brake pads necessarily, if you can true it down or grind it down once, but you don't mm-hmm. usually do it more to, no. unless it goes beyond those standards. No, usually not. Usually yeah. once is, is, is plenty because if you do it more than once, the rotor is going to be too thin and it's going to warp really easily when you, when you brake. And it's going to cause a shaking in the steering wheel or in the whole in the car when yeah. you well, start breaking. Well, you have explained. I mean, you you really educated me to some extent. And I mm-hmm. guess I could always, if they say you need them, now that you've described what it is, they could show me this, couldn't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, if, they if should. You, if you want to stop by our shop, I will gladly show you what what this looks like. Um, I might do that, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, I'll, I'll 732 be, Penn Avenue. I'll we're be, always there. I'll I know be, where you are. <laughs> I get over there quite a bit. My bank's down at the corner. Oh, okay, oh. good. Good, 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 yeah. good, good. So I might, I might just do that, and I don't want to take any more of your time. I think your show is great. I think it's needed. I know some years ago in some other stations in Philadelphia, they had a, a show on, uh, uh, you know, you could call in. I would uh-huh. hear that on my radio. Uh-huh. But I think, uh, are you getting calls? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's well, good. I, I won't. I'll let somebody else call now. You, you, no. you've been a great help, and I may just uh, ask you. Yeah. But I just got a little suspicious when they kept it's... saying that I need. I had a, I have an, uh, an Oldsmobile Aurora mm-hmm. that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Two thousand one, and I've kept it in real good shape. Good. And I also have a, a, a Lincoln, uh, mm-hmm. a two thousand ten Lincoln M- nice. MKZ, which I, mm-hmm. I like also. Yeah. And I've had that situation with 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 both. 
with both mm-hmm. cars. Yeah. And they keep telling me that I, I, my rotors are, are, are rusted. So I, I needed a further clarification, yep. and, yep. and you've helped me along somewhat. Well, good. Yeah. I'm yes. glad we could. Stop That's wonderful. And, and show. All right. well, we... well, thank you for uh, doing that, and I may just be interested in seeing that. Okay, good. Well, well, we're always there, Tom. Thank yep. you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yep. Thank All, you. Right. All right. We're going to take a, a break, and we'll be right back after these messages. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley and Tom, King's Auto Repair, Idle Talk. Um, We're talking about uh, check engine lights, and we took a couple of really great calls. Yeah. Uh, We're coming up to the end of the show here, but uh, of course we... I, I love when I get all my material together and I'm going to have all these, these great... Ashley's like, I'm going to put a great show together. I have, all this, I have all the, everything ready and then we get a couple of phone calls and like I don't we don't talk about any. We're derailed. It's completely derailed, but it's good. It's all really great and I so appreciate everybody's phone calls coming in, so... I just I just love talking to everybody. So, um, but we did yeah we did talk a little bit about check engine lights and, mm-hmm. and why they're there and why we do it and why a car isn't gonna your car. Well, we actually didn't talk about why your car wouldn't pass Pennsylvania State uh, no. inspection. We didn't get we didn't there, get there yet. We could probably touch on that next week a little bit, um, mm-hmm. just because a lot of people don't understand. Like, hey, I have my inspection coming up, but I have a check engine light, so. Yeah. Something really need to something that needs to be addressed, and people don't necessarily understand why I can get a safety sticker, but I can't get uh, an emission sticker. Yeah. So we can uh, talk about that and figure out exactly what you know. Tell people what they need to know about. Whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. It it gets a little confusing. It does. You know, since say two stickers. Yeah, but sort of one. Yeah, and it's been a bunch of years since. Uh, what, oh, when was I it? Two thousand and two thousand four. Four. Okay. Maybe was it two, the emissions? Yeah. I don't. yeah. Gosh, it's been a long. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's probably been fifteen years. Oh my goodness! I mean, they phased the original equipment out last year, and yeah. we had to all get new equipment. We got all got so. new machines. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but don't forget to check us out on Podbean yeah. for the podcast yeah, and Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. And I'm and- going to try to get them up sooner. <laughs> Tommy just does a lot of stuff on his plate, and, yeah. so it's good. And you know, writing the little description and stuff is always always yes. fun for for him. So check us out exactly. on the Podbean and um, uh, Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, so I yeah, don't even, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, with everything here. <laughs> but I just want to say thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>